Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind, as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of Republicans enraged. They stole the elections again! Uh, really? Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, today is November 12th, 2022, four days after the, uh, <laughs> the much desired midterm elections, desired on the part of the Republicans. And uh, it's, it doesn't surprise anybody, or really not many, that there was election fraud stories are coming out. But I've noticed people don't really understand what's going on here. Now, in case you're wondering, say, well, no, there wasn't even fraud in 2020. Let me tell you this. The world is full of liars and fools. In 2020, on November 4th, when I saw what had happened, that Trump was ahead and then suddenly overnight, oh, look, now he's, now he's behind, now he's going to lose him. First of all, I had said to my wife months before that, the only way Biden could win would be because of election fraud. Because no candidate who has just little groups of people at his rallies, one time he only had 12 people, is going to ever beat a candidate that has an average of 13,000 at his rallies. That alone, besides which Trump was amazingly popular with a big part of the electorate. Uh, and the economic times were good. Remember how good things were a few years ago. I knew there was fraud there. Then I, myself, looking into the evidence, counted 15 types of fraud they were doing. And then through further research, some people point out there were uh, two more types, then three more types. And, oh, okay, so now there are like 20 types. A recent study has shown by some institute that they were using 30 types of election fraud. Of course, that election was stolen. However, it wasn't exactly what it seemed. I won't get into... <laughs> Uh, 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 what we're seeing is really a show here, let me tell you. I'd like to get into a deeper thing. Maybe sometime we'll do a little series and explain to you what almost certainly is really going on. I've touched upon some of these topics. No, Biden is not president, never was. If you're only listening to me for the first time, you think, what, this guy's crazy? Believe me, I'm not crazy. I can back this up. In any case, I want to concentrate here just in these midterms. Now, Republicans are mad. Look, it, look they're, they're, they're delaying the vote count. They counted 7 million votes in Florida in a day, but why can't they count 2 million in some other states? Why does it take them a week or two? Well, because they have to see what the tally is. Uh-oh, Trump's winning, but we need a few days to, to make more fake votes. Well, that's what that, that's all about. However, <laughs> this is why I say, oh, uh, really? The title. They stole their elections again. Oh, really? Okay. Now we're going to we're going to levitate. We're going to rise above the crowd and above the whole landscape. We're going to go up to 30,000 feet and look down what's going on. And when we do, the first thing, and I've known this for quite a while now, we're in a war. This is propaganda warfare. There are two sides. It's the deep state against what I call the alliance. I can back this up. Uh, I don't want to, in every episode, back up everything I say because every episode will be hours long. I can't do that. But let me tell you, uh, just for now, uh, take my word for it. Uh, just pretend that it's as I say. It almost certainly is in reality. But just pretend, then you'll understand the other things I'm going to say. We're in a war now. It's the war of the deep state with President Eisenhower in 1961 in, in his speech in January, just before handing over power to JFK. He talked about the, the danger of the military industrial complex. He knew whereof he was speaking. This was Eisenhower. This was no fool. And relatively speaking, he was no liar. I mean, all presidents have to lie sometimes. He was warning the country. There's a group of people who have gained undue power. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pause it here. I'm going to find his exact quote. I want to read you his exact quote. Just a second. It'll be a second for you. Just put this on pause. All right. Now, I could just play Eisenhower's speech with him talking. I'd prefer to read it myself, not because I want to play Eisenhower. <laughs> Who am I to do that? But because I might pause and give some little explanation. You can go into YouTube and look up his final speech. Everybody should listen to this speech, by the way. It is... <laughs> 
every bit as relevant now in this section as it was in 1961. January 16th, 1961 is when he gave this final speech of his, right? Now I'm going to read this to you slowly and I want you to think about this. Until the latest of our world conflicts begins here, well, this is within the speech, right? I'm not starting at the beginning. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. The swords and plowshares thing, that comes from an old saying, <laughs> in case you don't know. But now we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. I would say today it's more. We annually spend on military security more than the net income of all United States corporations. This conjunction continues Ike Eisenhower, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, and even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government, like a big octopus, right? You get this image here. The influence I'll repeat that, the total influence of the military establishment, economic, political, and even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, these for the Cold War times with Soviet Union and China, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. President Eisenhower continues, in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military industrial complex. We've all heard this term. Oh yeah, Eisenhower said the military industrial complex, but if you look at his speech, he said a lot more than that, as you're hearing. So we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never, he says, let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes like elections. For, I, I'm adding that. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Akin to, he continues, and largely responsible for the sweeping changes on in our industrial military posture has been the technological revolution during recent decades. He's saying this 1961. Big tech, what we have now? Facebook, there was no internet back then. Young people, I guess you realize that. But he was, he was being a prophet here. I won't go into his further words here. But now, why would a president who's about to leave office he was old then, handing over the power to JFK. Why would he give a substantial part of his speech to warning us about the military-industrial complex? And this man being five-star general first, one of the highest generals in American history, knowing the military like practically no other, he was the head of uh, Operation Overlord, the invasion of Europe, what we call D-Day, right? He knows more about this military-industrial complex than, frankly, anybody on the planet he, he knew, right? Why would he see fit to talk about that so much in his final speech? First of all, because even he could not stop it. This was, he, he recognized a huge danger. And let me tell you, the deep state did then, we say deep state now, by the way. 
He didn't say deep state, but that's what he was talking about. Military industrial complex. Let me tell you now. And he was, remember the line I read about how it affects us on other levels, even on the spiritual level? Remember, I don't find that line here exactly now about how it affects us, or economic, political, even spiritual. Yes, it's no longer a military industrial complex. It's military, industrial, economic, political, pharmaceutical, and yes, spiritual as well, as well. And he was warning us extensively about the danger of this to democracy. Wow. I suggest you go into YouTube. I'll find a link to this speech and I'll put it here. You go and listen to his entire speech. He talks about other things as well, but especially this portion of the speech. Listen to it again and again or read it and think about it. Now, a few little <laughs> facts here. John F. Kennedy, he hated the CIA. The CIA is part of this. By the way, CIA was uh, formed under Truman. I believe the year was 1947. He later said, I wish I hadn't done that. The CIA is turned into like a monster. They're doing things, you know, knocking off people in other countries, etc., etc. They were way out of hand. Even when Truman was still alive, he died in the 1960s. Now, here a bit of... Uh, common wisdom for you younger people maybe or for older people that haven't spent a lot of your time in life thinking <laughs> any entity always strives towards a continuation of its life what do i mean by that it's in human nature to fear death and we'll do anything to get around death in other words maybe you have some meek woman who has two children and she's shy and she's no superhero by any means but then some criminals break in and say we're going to kill you all and shun she might become a superhero and pick up something and start attacking them gouging out their eyes <laughs> there's stories like that sometimes it doesn't happen but it can in other words everybody wants to live but this doesn't only go for people this goes for example corporations a corporation is like an entity we could always you know it wants to survive and it wants to thrive it's another characteristic of life. We don't just want to live, we want to grow some way or another. This is why people fear old age, because then you're not growing, then you're more shrinking, right? Even in size, right? <laughs> if you were 6'3", when you're 30 years old, when you're 80, you might just be 6'2", or 6'1 and a half, right? Or maybe it's growth financially, you want more, more. All life tends towards this. Animal life, animals will fight to the death of rats, could be cornered. And a rat will run away from you until it's cornered. Then it will attack you like a lion because it thinks, well, if I can't run, I'm going to fight and hopefully I'll get out of this alive. But also entities, I said, such as corporations, they want to survive and thrive. Three-letter agencies, the same thing, like the CIA. They don't want to get weaker. And it's there's one great law of life. There are many, really, but there's one that's always valid. Nothing stays the same. Everything is changing. So something isn't getting, for example, the CIA, if it's not getting stronger, it's getting weaker. It's not going to stay the same. And do you think there's people there who want their agency to get weaker or stronger? <laughs> I can tell you right now, they want to get stronger. And what would they not do to keep it from getting weaker? Well, John F. Kennedy once said, I think it was to his brother, Bobby. Not sure about that, though. He hated the CIA because he knew the dirty things they were doing in other countries, you know, knocking off these people and, you know, without permission of the president or anything in a lot of cases. And he said, I'm going to explode the CIA into a thousand pieces. I think that was his term. Well, one month later, they exploded his head into a thousand pieces, so to speak. Yeah. If you think that was just one guy, Lee Harvey Oswald, no, think. <laughs> I won't say think again. I'll say really study the case. So here we have Eisenhower warning against the military-industrial complex that, that could be a great danger to democracy. Okay, now, certain insiders say the following. After the death of JFK, a group of generals, about 200 of them, got together. These were good patriots. They believed in the Constitution. They knew just what Eisenhower was talking about because they were military people. They saw the influence of industry, the arms industry, and certain elements in the military, corrupt elements. They saw how much power they had gotten. And they saw just what Ike saw in 1961. Well, he saw it before, obviously. If he included a speech in January 16, 1961, he saw it before. But even he couldn't do anything about it. They were too strong for him. 
even for a president that had been a five-star general, the military-industrial complex, what we call the deep state, the people pulling the strings behind the things, behind the wars, they were too strong even for Eisenhower to do anything about it. That's why he was warning us people. That's why he gave this segment of this speech. At the time, people must have thought, what's he talking about? I had heard this bill. I was, I was a little kid. I was, uh, what, uh, five years old. I think I remember vaguely my parents were watching it. But, of course, I didn't understand any of this stuff. Okay. So, once again, flash forward to 1963, November 22nd, JFK is killed. And those, many people behind the scenes, they knew that it wasn't just one lone gunman. Anyway, supposedly 200 generals got together. And they, dis- they formed like a secret society. And their goal was, they, they thought, hey, this is going to be a long-term thing. This military-industrial complex, deep state, is so strong, Eisenhower couldn't take it down. He warned the country. We see how strong they are because Kennedy wanted to make them weaker. And look what happened to Kennedy. And we're getting into Vietnam more and more and more. Military-industrial complex. A war that seemed like it was never going to end. And they decided, okay, we have to start working towards getting us back to the Constitution to, to get away from this monster, this huge octopus that, like Ike said, it, you know, it's all over in every city and every town. Uh, and you can't take that down easily. They knew this was going to be really long term. Group of 200 generals. Now, now this might really shock you, but I saw it myself in... 1916, 1916, I'm not that old, 2016, presidential primary, Republican primary debate, where they have a whole bunch of candidates, you know, who's going to be the Republican candidate, right? And there was Jeb Bush there, and I think Ron Paul was there, I think think he was there, and a a, a bunch of others, right, Republicans. And among them, Donald Trump. This was the beginning. People thought, oh, Trump's not going to make it. It's not going to be Trump. He's not going to have any chance. He's not a politician. He's, he's, he's like he is. He's like a bull in a china shop. But there's one part of that debate, and I remember this, and you can, you can look it up. It's in some place. I saw it recently again. It really happened. Jeb Bush, the Bushes hated Trump. And I thought, well, okay, they hated Trump. Okay, but, you know, they're, he's running as a Republican. If he won, you'd think they'd like it. Well, at least we have a Republican, not Democrat. But no, they hated me even after he won. Okay. Jeb Bush is one of the candidates, one of the Bush clan, right? He said to Donald Trump, remember, Trump wasn't, I mean, he was well known, of course, because of Donald Trump, but he wasn't, he wasn't the favorite in the field. He was just another horse that was running. And a lot of people, he doesn't have a chance, right? But Jeb Bush says to him, hey, look, who's going to vote for you? Nobody's supporting you. And you know what Trump said? He said, "Uh, well... 200 generals are supporting me. And I thought, what does he mean by that? Apparently, everybody's thinking, what does he mean by that? I didn't know these things that I just told you before. 200 generals. In other words, and this is for me very clear now, this group of 200 generals, and some insiders say it's now 800 generals. The group has grown. They have seen how America is being taken down and largely, they weren't able to do anything because it would have meant total civil war in America. That's how strong the other side has become. Like I said, it's not just military-industrial complex. It's military-industrial, economic, political, pharmaceutical, spiritual. It's, it's a total octopus that's had taken over every, everything in politics. It's corrupted people. It's controlling people. If you think Jeffrey Epstein was uh, setting up politicians with underage girls to film them just because he wanted to blackmail them. No, there were agencies like the CIA and the Mossad behind that. That's how that worked. And so they could also protect them, right? Okay, Jeffrey, we need this. Well, you'll get a lot of money here. But it, it was about them getting information so they can say to the next senator, well, senator, you know, we know you went to Epstein Island, stuff with that 15-year-old. Oh, my God, how do you know that? Oh, that's not true. Here we have a film. So you're going to do what we want. That's the way these people work, you see. And that's how they've been controlling politics and many other areas of our lives. So Donald Trump, when he said that in 2016, well, I have two generals on my side. He knew practically nobody would know what he's talking about in 2016. Practically nobody, although some people would. We get to the Q phenomenon. 
The secret group the left says, oh, it's some kind of bearded, sleazy slob living in his mother's basement putting out this nonsense. Well, why haven't they found him yet? Do you ever think about that? They try to censor Q all the time and, and say, if somebody's, oh, he quoted Q, well, he must be a terrorist, right? Why are they so terrified of Q if it's some kind of sleazy slob in his basement spouting out lies? It seems to me they're pretty scared of this Q. And above all, if this Q is some sleazy slob in his mother's basement, I don't care how good a hacker he is, why can't the FBI's technicians and computer geniuses or the CIA's, why can't they find this one slob after all these years? Uh, by the way, you know when Q got started? It was in October. The first Q drop, the Q post on the dark web, was in October of 2017, which by a coincidence is the first year of Trump's presidency. Ah, now when I saw the first Q drops, it's all cryptic. You know, some people say, well, it doesn't really reveal anything. It's no facts. I said, no, but don't you see? It's not about that. It's a psychological operation. As soon as I saw the first two or three Q drops, I knew immediately this is a, a, some branch of military intelligence. This is extremely cleverly done. It's not meant to tell people exactly what's happening. It's meant to keep certain groups of people together and keep them together guessing to give them hope and to put out every once in a while tidbits of truth that they say, my God, this has come true. So you know there's something to it. This is a military psyop. And let me tell you, it's not the military that has been taken over by the other side, where they put in their own creatures in high positions. No. This is the group of 200 generals that has grown into 800 generals. This is what I call the alliance. And you remember in, I believe it was, what was it, uh, 2014? When Trump came down the elevator and announced that he was going to run for president. And from then on, the press was against him. Before the press kind of liked Donald Trump. But what happened there? Well, some people in the know say about a year or two before. I mean, when, when did he come down? 2015, maybe. I guess it was 2015. Right. Let's see. Election was in 2016. Anyway, like a year or two before, right? Supposedly, a year or two before that, you know, like 2014, 2013, these generals this group, let's call them the Q group, they contacted Donald Trump. They knew he was the patriot type. Yeah, they knew he wasn't a perfect person, of course. But that he loved America and he wasn't a politician. So he wasn't bought up by, you know, he, he wasn't being bought, up, bought up by the military industrial complex. And they made him an offer. They said, look, we need somebody to run for president, somebody that we know is not part of Washington. Somebody that it's not going to be a, a rat in secret because we can't trust Democrats or Republicans. And we know a lot on both parties have been totally corrupted or they're being blackmailed. We need some outsider from politics, but that is popular enough in other areas that they could win an election. And we need this because the country is being lost. We're about to lose the United States of America. The Republic is going to fall to the forces of New World Order totalitarianism. And he agreed to do that. That's why he said in that debate, 200 generals support me, that practically nobody got at that time. That is the war that's going on now. It's the alliance against the deep state, the international deep state. This is not just an American phenomenon. These people connected to families like the, the Rothschilds, or Rothschilds, I think they say in English, uh, and, and uh, yeah, such families that control finances of uh, what? Uh, corporations like BlackRock or Vanguard that own practically the entire mainstream media. I don't know if you realize that. Oh, you can look it up. CNN, for example, owns by IT&T that's owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. Oh, look at that as major shareholders. That's what the fake news. Trump talked about fake news. So I thought, well, yeah, we get some fake news, but he's exaggerating. He wasn't exaggerating. Just the opposite. If he had come out and said, or he came out and said, just what's behind all of this, You'd have people going crazy. That's how deep this is. What we're seeing now is a war. It's a war. It's warfare 2.0, 3 .0, 4 .0, depending on who you listen to. What it is is psychological warfare mainly because it's about winning the majority of the people to one side or the other. If 90% of people want the new world order, that's it for free mankind, let me tell you. We're going to have one totalitarian state. They're going to promise us money every month and just do what we say. And in the, but at the end, it's going to be 
totalitarianism. The opposite side is the alliance. They want to restore the public in America. They want the countries and the world to free themselves from this election fraud that's been happening in many countries. They want to free themselves from the, uh, the military-industrial complex in their countries as well. It's, it's a worldwide thing. And that's the war that's going on now. In other words, if you think that it's about the 2022 midterms, <laughs> my friend, <laughs> you've got another thing coming, and someday you will know that what I'm saying now is true. Someday you will know it. However, the irony here, and this is why in the title I put, uh, well, the midterms were stolen, uh, you know, Republicans enraged. And I say, well, uh, really? Now we have an irony. Both sides are trying to win the majority of the population over their side. That is, that's the way it was for years. You notice how cleverly America fell into the trap of the deep state? You know, Americans tuning out with their cell phone, not paying attention to what's going on. So then the force of the deep state could do whatever they wanted. We could be in a 20-year war with Afghanistan and nobody was complaining. 20-year war with Afghanistan, really? Why'd they have the 20-year war? It was in the interest of the military-industrial complex because war always means a lot of money. So you keep a never-ending war there. It goes deeper in that. A lot of that money was stolen by the deep state to do other things, other nefarious projects, other things they wanted to do. But the money kind of disappears. Congress gives $10 billion more dollars and $5 billion disappear into the coffers of the, the underground military, let's say, right? That's how those things work. And you keep the war going on, not to mention the poppy fields there where the CIA was involved, some ex-Navy SEALs that everybody in the SEALs knew that. The CIA, they couldn't do anything about it, but the CIA was making millions and millions and millions on, on the drug trade. That's why they want this never-ending war. But you can't tell me United States of America can't win a war in, in 20 years. Uh, they wanted to keep going on. And the deep state was clever about all this, but suddenly you notice how they became stupid? You notice how in the last two years since Biden was president, everything they do seems kind of stupid and they're losing support? Now, my question for you is, if the deep state was so clever, they got people to vote for Obama, deep state creature. But if he had lost, it would have been John McCain or Mitt Romney, the Republicans. They were also deep state creatures. See what I mean? 2008, it was Obama, deep state creature, against uh, John McCain, right? Deep state creature. In 2004, it was George W. Bush, deep state creature, as I know now. I used to kind of like the guy. Now, now I know what he's, he's really about, his whole family. I'm not sure how guilty he is, George W., but his father? I used to like his father. Oh, he seems to be a, a good president, etc. I've learned a lot of things about him. But right back then, it was, well, uh, 19, uh, what, uh, 1992. It was George H.W. Bush, the elder Bush, against Bill Clinton. Both of them controlled by the deep state. In the year 2000, Al Gore and George A. Bush, both deep state. Deep state has always won, practically every election, with few exceptions. I think Carter and Reagan were two exceptions. But what they do then, they pack their entire administration with deep state creatures. This Brzezinski, that, that uh, uh, secretary, what secretary of state, I believe he was, of Jimmy Carter, total deep state creature. Casper Weinberger, secretary of defense under Reagan, total deep state creature. So that's what they would do if by chance some candidate came forward was popular and won, they'd say, well, okay, we'll just put all our creatures around him and then we'll control him. And they would be lie lying to him all the time. And that's been happening for decades, people. It's been happening for decades. But they did it so cleverly, we didn't notice. But now you know so in the last two years what dumb things they do, like that Afghanistan thing. That's when I finally knew Biden wasn't president. That would never happen normally. Biden's not president. Trump is still president. And these midterms, they're saying, you have to vote, you have to vote. And, you know, uh, clever people are saying, wait a minute, they stole one election. Well, what's the sense of voting if they're going to steal this election? But that's why people had to vote. So many people had to vote so that then if they steal, it's going to be more obvious. But look what happened. Republicans won a few seats. In a time like this, Republicans would have had a huge landslide. A huge landslide. But now I ask you, you might say, yeah, those damn Democrats are stolen. Well, on the one hand, yes. But it's not just the damn Democrats. That's why I say, uh, really. Because we're in this war that's been going on really for a much longer time, and it, at, at least as long, and this is more the open phase since Trump was president, and the last two years all the more, this modern warfare that the populace doesn't even notice. Chinese experts predicted this in 1990, said the next big war would be one, cyber warfare, psychological warfare. They said uh, 
uh, maybe like uh, bio warfare, I think the vaccines, and but they said most of the population won't notice what's happening. And now, well, just 22 years later, it happens. You see, you see how that works. But let me tell you this. Suppose the Republicans had had a big landslide now and they won everything they could possibly win. What does the alliance do? That is the White Hats. It started with these 200 generals, now 800, and now a lot more people joining. What would they do? Because if they then talk about the election fraud in 2020, Democrats say, what are you talking about? There's no election fraud. Look, you won by landslide now. What are you complaining about, you big babies? <laughs> you see what I mean? So these elections were not on the up and up in 2022. But let me tell you, it's not just because Democrats were stealing them. It's because the other side was letting them be stolen. Because it's not in their interest to have Republicans win by a huge landslide. And let me tell you something else. If the election fraud were revealed all of a sudden, and let me tell you, from 2020, the military intelligence, they have all the proof of the fraud in 2020. They had it then. Democrats like say, well, the Supreme Court didn't think so because they said there's no fraud. Oh, no, bad memory. It didn't even go to the Supreme Court. It wasn't accepted. They said, well, that's because it was a frivolous case. No, it wasn't frivolous. This would have been the most important case in the history of the Supreme Court. And they knew that in the Supreme Court. You notice they just rejected saying, oh, uh, well, technicality, oh, you have no standing. In other words, you're, you're not the ones to bring this case. So they rejected the cases. In addition, the couple of cases that certain lawyers brought to the Supreme Court were prepared so sloppily that even conservative judge Thomas, Clarence Thomas, said, oh, we couldn't accept that. It was too sloppy. But let me say this. High-powered lawyers that are preparing the most important case of their life, why would they put together in a sloppy way? Because there are entire teams of lawyers working. The most important case in American history. And they put together sloppily. They put together sloppily because they wanted to put together sloppily because they, didn't, they wanted an excuse for it not to be accepted. Because the Supreme Court had accepted the case of election fraud 2020, they would have seen this overwhelming evidence. They would have said the 2020 election was fraudulent and Trump is president. At that point, civil war could have broken out. But beyond that, even if civil war hadn't broken out and Trump just remained president, what certain things had to be done, for example, getting us out of this ridiculous war in Afghanistan, the crash of the economy had to occur for reasons I won't go into now, and they didn't want to happen under Trump. So... The alliance itself puts in their puppet, his name is Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, believe me, I, I know it might sound crazy to you, but it's not. Uh, look back at Election Day. Uh, that is in, uh, around Inauguration Day in 2020. Back there, I was thinking, boy, this is really strange. The January 6th thing, that was a false flag. Oh, yes, absorb. One person, one, one or two people died. Uh, but it wasn't policemen that died, by the way. That's a lie of the Democrats. That thing was so phony in so many respects. First, you had 20 FBI agents that were pretending to be Trump supporters saying, yes, let's break the window. You know, I mean, first, that's why the FBI said, oh, no, there was no insurrection because they would have been implicated. That's why I said a number of months ago, well, no, there was no insurrection. Democrats still say there was, but the FBI is saying that there isn't. Well, Democrats, maybe you should read what the FBI is saying. But the FBI, they weren't on the up and up. They were saying there's no insurrection because... It had been shown that 20 of their agents were in the crowd trying to get the people to be violent. Well, you don't want that to be drawn out, that, that investigation. Well, let's just say there's no insurrection and be done with it, right? People, the pieces are there. Inform yourself about these different things and you'll see. Go back and listen to my episode on Ashley Babbitt, that farce. Because that was a charade. She wasn't killed there. Oh, you think I'm some crazy conspiracy theorist? Listen to what I say. Look at the videos of what happened, because I give a link to them. And you'll see just what I mean. That was a false flag. Was it from the Democrats? So they say, look, they were being violent. We have to take away their guns. Possibly. Did they want, supposedly, a Trump-supporting ex, uh, what, a, a veteran, Ashley Babbitt, to be killed so Trump people get their guns so, that, so they can then take their guns away? Possibly. It could also be from the Alliance side. They want, because some, what Derek Johnson is saying now that January 6th, he confirms what I said. He said, yeah, it, it was a false flag. And he thinks the, uh, the reason was, and I, I have to say he has a very good point here. Do you remember how there's so many thousands of soldiers brought in Washington before the inauguration? 
he says 30,000. I remember at the point was 24,000. That's three divisions. That's a major group in a big war. You have, if you have 24,000 soldiers, you know, fully armed, they're meant to go up against like another 20 to 30,000 of the enemy that have tanks and grenades. Why would you have three divisions in Washington, D.C. when there was not even a little riot in those weeks? Why would you do that? But you remember, let me connect a few dots here for you. Remember the fences around the Capitol? They put up before they go, all these fences, big fences, like they have around prisons. And do you notice how, maybe you didn't notice that, you know these fences have a curved part at the top, so you can't climb over, right? You try to climb up, but then it curves outward towards you. How are you going to get over that? It's impossible, right? But the curved part was not facing outwards, like to protect the Capitol from people outside it. They were facing inwards. And the locks on those gates and the fences were on the outside, not on the inside. Well, gee, it looks like they're trying to keep people inside, <laughs> not keep people from entering. At the same time, you have three divisions of military. At the same time, you have 2,000 uh, soldiers being sworn in as federal marshals, deputy marshals. Why? Because then they can make totally legal arrests. Ah. And at the same time, you have a strange phenomenon. Well, before the inauguration, I understand why soldiers are every checkpoint seeing who's coming into Washington. But did you know they're also checking who's leaving Washington? Ah. Ah, you see, you see these four things here? An incredible number, three divisions. If you know anything about the military, you know a division. Well, that's major. That's like between, well, these days it can be less, traditionally about 10,000 soldiers. It can be between six and 15,000 soldiers. Whether 24,000 or, or 30,000, that's three divisions, right? That's a major group in the army. That's real big battlefield stuff. And there wasn't a battle, there wasn't even a little riot, right? And by the way, Washington police has a riot squad and all that that could handle most things, right? Even the January 6th supposed insurrection of the over 500,000 transports, how many people were participating in that? I don't know, a few hundred? Oh, maybe a thousand. You don't need 24,000 soldiers to quell a riot of a thousand people. <laughs> you don't, believe me. And maybe a hundred cops with a bunch of tear gas. You, know, you don't need 24,000 soldiers. But when you combine these things, 24,000 at least soldiers, three divisions, all these fences put up designed to keep people in certain areas of Washington. <laughs> and all these soldiers checking who's leaving Washington. And 2,000 people sworn in, soldiers sworn in, as deputy marshals so they can make arrests. You know, it's, uh, don't you see what was happening there? First of all, Trump was then still president, even according to the mainstream media, because there's no inauguration yet, right? It was before January 20th. They were making huge numbers of arrests in Washington. No, you might say, well, why is Nancy Pelosi still free? The biggest arrests always have to come last. They were arresting the little people there. I don't mean leprechauns or dwarves or midgets. I'm not using a euphemism for them. You know, I don't mean little fairies or whatever. I mean little people. For every big rat, for every deep state creature, you have two that are just below them that are a little bit known. Then you have four below them and eight you know, below them. It's, it's like a geometrical progression. And so you have to clean that all out. And so you do that. You don't want certain people leaving, escaping from Washington. And a lot of people have already been arrested. Why do you think? Remember what Democrats were saying? In 2020, we're going to close Guantanamo. We're going to close Guantanamo. And guess what? Biden hasn't closed Guantanamo. He can't. He can't. He's not president. He can, Guantanamo's been growing. Derek Johnson points out, and this was like a, a year or two ago, in, in, uh, they're making in Guantanamo new courtroom, like new court buildings, where they're going to have, obviously, many trials. Well, it was mentioned in the New York Times, and nobody seemed to notice it. People aren't putting the pieces together. So to get back to these elections 2022, I know you might think I'm going off in tangents. No, this is all relevant. It's all connected. These stolen elections, if you're a Republican, don't feel bad. Say, oh, well, look, we won a few little places here or there, but still they stole so much. Let me tell you, first of all, and I have no doubt about this. Well, I'll say I'm 99.9% .9 certain. There was obviously major election fraud in this uh, in this cycle, because 
when the when well, first of all the other party usually wins any midterms usually because nobody's people they have a president for two years then well it's not so great well let's vote for the other party just keep a balance there but when you have a situation where the country is going to the dogs and i don't have to tell you the things that are happening now when food, food prices guy rocketing gas prices and maybe nuclear war with Russia and China, I mean, you know, what more do you need? And maybe major economic uh, crash and your money's worth less and less because of inflation. If you think that the midterms would go out like they supposedly did, I mean, you're really blind. This would really be a red wave where you see Republicans making strides like they've never in our lifetimes, but that didn't happen. Therefore, there was election fraud. And now already things are coming out, you know, uh, where they're taking a week to count the votes and the typical election fraud things. Uh oh, Trump's winning here. Well, let's see. We need a few days to make more ballots. Oh, that kind of nonsense. This is going on. But I'm just here to tell you, it's not just uh, the Democratic miscreants doing this. It's also the alliance because what they don't need is a big red win when when the Trump when Republicans take over everything, because then Democrats say no, look, there was no election fraud, and not in 2020. Because look, you won this time. They don't need that. They need still angry people saying, wait, they stole the elections again. No, I'm not saying they did concretely the fraud themselves, the Republicans. They probably thought, well, Democrats want to do fraud. Let's let them do the fraud. We'll let them get it to a certain point. We'll get away with this and this. A few Republicans win, so Republicans don't start a civil war. We don't want you know, civilians with their AR-15s or street shooting people they perceive to be deep state creatures. We don't want that. So let the Republicans win a little, but let it be obvious that there is fraud at the same time. So they're still mad. The Democrats are relieved. So the populists, they're thinking, well, whew, I thought we are going to really lose, but at least we didn't lose too much. So then no civil war breaks out. You see the, mean, the purpose of this. So no civil war breaks out. But still, it's obvious that there's fraud to the people who aren't brain dead or who aren't liars. So there's still going to be investigations. And then we bide our time because they, they don't want Republicans really to control everything now. And they don't want a Trump to come back now because of the fraud in 2020, because then when the economic crash comes, it's on them, you see. And some big things are going to be happening. They want the bad things to happen under supposedly the Democrats, under Biden. Who or what Biden really is, I don't know. It could be that he really died a few years ago, and this is somebody with a, you have no idea how advanced mass technology is. It could be a fake, you know, a, a, another actor or an actor playing Biden. It could also be. Everybody I tell this to in Republican side says, oh, no, it can't be that. Biden really is evil. It could be that it really is Joe Biden, but they explained to him the republic's about to be lost. We're about to fall to new world order. We need somebody to play the bad guy. Would you do that? And he said, well, to save the country, yes, I would. In the future, they write about him that he did a lot of good for the country because he agreed to play the bad guy. I'm not saying this is probable. I don't think it is. But it's possible. And we can't rule that out. Because make no mistake, America is... And has been for some time in danger of total collapse and moving towards the new world order where Americans don't decide anything about borders or this. Or that. It's always the UN, these international organizations that are moving us towards the one world, you know, the one world, new world order, where in the end it's going to be a totalitarian dictatorship. I predict this for many years. You see how these things are uh, connected. So don't feel bad, you Republicans, if, if, Republic, I'm, I I'm, don't belong to either party. Republicans didn't win too much. Don't feel bad about it. The red wave wasn't supposed to happen yet in politics because of other pieces that aren't in place yet. And also to avoid any civil war type scenario. That's what's important here. All of these things you have to see first and foremost from 30,000 feet above the fray. See what I mean? We are in a war. Make no doubt about that. This war is international. Or haven't you noticed other countries, how some countries are on the verge of total revolution, the people, masses of people out in the street protesting the, the vaccine tyranny, these vaccines, you know, pressuring people into getting vaccines. They, they've violated, the, the countries have violated all 10 statutes of the Nuremberg Code. In other words, politicians and the majority of doctors have been committing crimes against humanity for the last two years. And this is factual. I think I did an episode on that. If not, I'll, I'll do one. I know I've mentioned it before. This is going on. This is an international war against what Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex, what we now call the deep state. And it's an unholy alliance, and believe me, it's unholy, but it's the negative alliance. It's, uh, it's military, that, like NATO, 
totally deep state controlled. It's the, it's the bad elements of the military in different countries that are working for this one world order. But in every country you have patriots, you have Spanish patriots, German patriots, etc. And they respect their, const their democratic, well, Republican, well, I should say, depending whether they have more pure democracies or a public like we have, they respect their, their free, freedom-loving traditions. And so in every country you have like a group of generals, uh, in probably a large group, working against that. That came out in France when this group of uh, uh, high-ranking military officers sent an open letter to the president saying, if this goes on in France like this, you know, we might have to step in. And the same thing happened in Spain. This is international. The alliance, that is the white hats in America, they're collaborating with the white hats in other countries, in Canada, in Germany, in Spain. However, and this is so important to understand. You say, well, David, then why haven't they just taken over the power yet? I, at this point, I think they could. But remember, a republic and or democracy is only as healthy as the political consciousness of the people in it. If the people keep remaining to be fools and just, ah, I don't, I'm not using politics, let me see what's on my cell phone, then democracy is always going to be in peril. And what's going on now is that the alliance, in a brilliant plan, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life, and I read a lot of history too, it far exceeds anything. What they're trying to do is, and Q, this Q group, they said this years ago when they started in 2017, they said, it does, it's not enough to tell the people, you have to show them. Then they say something like pain, pain, pain. In other words, you have to wake the people up by making them feel pain. And so much of what we've been seeing in the last couple of years is exactly that. Look at how many people now are looking at politics, are thinking about it, are trying to figure out what's going on behind the scenes. A few years ago, it wasn't the case. Even in my case, I knew more than the average person. Uh, I knew New World Order was not a good idea, such things. But, you know, I would you know, think, oh, I don't want to look at politics, whatever. But now people are waking up in masses and that's what the alliance has been trying to do. That's why we have this charade, this farce with a fake President Biden and all of this. The deep state must, <laughs> must really be mad about that because they know he's fake too, but they can't say it because it seems like they're crazy. Can you imagine if Obama came out and said, well, the truth is either that's not really Biden as an actor or he's Biden, but he's working for the other side. He's really working for, for the alliance, which means like you know, collaborating with Trump. He would look like he's, he went senile, Obama, if he said such a thing. <laughs> but they know that, of course. They know that's what's going on. How many of them have secretly been arrested, Nancy Pelosi, whatever, and, and the military told them? Because these people are going to have military trials. I think they're going to have military trials in the end, for treason, a lot of them. But I think what probably happened was they probably arrested Pelosi two years ago and said, look, Nancy, uh, you have a choice here. Either keep working for the deep state and you do things, and then when you have your trial, if you're found guilty, it's going to be hanging. Or you play along and you do what we tell you. And I'm sure she would have said the second thing. But they say, okay, you're going to play the old demon mummy and you're going to, you're going to do the most despicable things and you're going to seem like such a terrible person. Well, okay, as long as I'm not hanged in the end. I, I personally think, I, no, I can't back that up. But I think that's probably what happened. What we're seeing is a show. How conveniently COVID fit in when you see like, such as the Congress, there's hardly any, uh, anybody there, but they're all with masks on. So you say, well, there are not many people there, but well, it's because of COVID. Really, it's because it's convenient, because some of these people might already have been arrested on one hand, right? And with the masks, you could put in doubles there really easily. Hillary Clinton has at least one double. I saw a picture of one with a mask, and she was standing next to Bill Clinton, supposedly it was Hillary. I could tell by the head form it wasn't Hillary Clinton. I mean, they could just tell. I, I should have that picture put up. Don't know if, whether you out there have seen that, but it's obviously a different person. She's shorter. Her head form, her eyes are different, but she's playing the role of Hillary Clinton. Whether Hillary's been arrested and just every once in a while she tweets something because she's supposed to still seem evil, I don't know. But believe me, this is the most complicated psyop, psychological operation in all of history. Things are being done now that are incredible. I predicted on November 4th, 2020, that in the future, like 20 years down the road, there could be thousands of books about these years we're going through now. Thousands and thousands. There are probably a thousand books about the JFK assassination. 
<laughs> about this, what's going on. Oh my God, you're going to have so many thousands of books. No, no one will be able to read all the books about it. Now, does this mean I want Trump coming back in 2024? No. I think he's, his role has been played out. I don't think he's the man of the future now at this point. I really don't. He's played one of the most important roles of any president in American history. And his is going to be the next head on Mount Rushmore. I will predict that. For you younger folks, if it happens like, you know, after he's dead, it's not going to happen when he's alive. I really don't think so. Uh, but after he's dead, if this happens like 10, 20 years down the road, remember my words here. Well, I'll still be here in 10, 20 years. <laughs> I plan to live to be 103. But he's played, he's the most important president, most likely, in, in all of American history. I'm going to give a podcast episode just about that. You might think, what, what about Abraham Lincoln, Abraham George Washington, whom I highly respect, both of them. But Trump in history uh, is going to be, con in the future, is going to be considered as the most important president in all of history. Although now he doesn't have total, he's still president, but he doesn't have total power. He almost certainly signed the Insurrection Act and the military is in control. The military is in control, but they do it in such a way that it doesn't seem obvious. I mean, sometimes it does. Tw three divisions in Washington, D.C.? Really? <laughs> but people don't notice it because there's another narrative there. First is the January 6th. Oh, my God, insurrection from the people, Trump people. And then the inauguration. That was so fake, that inauguration. Oh, my God, you didn't notice? Uh, maybe I should go into a series and just from step one, all the pieces that I've put together. So don't feel bad if Republicans didn't just run away with every single election. They weren't supposed to. The alliance didn't want them to. They let the other side get away with fraud again. And let me tell you, they let them get away with fraud in 2020 because Trump had signed certain executive orders that would have given him the power to remain president if there was evidence of fraud. And there was evidence of fraud. Massive. And he never, he never conceded, you notice that? He just went away with a smile on his face, even though he's handing government to a bunch of totalitarian communists, basically. They were going to destroy everything he did. Oh, but they didn't destroy everything he did, only the obvious things, leaving the borders open because people noticed that. But other things, I'll get in that in another episode, like, for example, I mentioned in this one, closing Guantanamo, they didn't do that because they can't do that. The really important things they can't do, Biden and his people. And I'm not saying everybody in the administration of Biden knows this. Most of them don't know this. You can't you have to keep the secret. Biden's a fake in some way or another, and he's working for the alliance. Kamala Harris, I'm not so sure about, though. Most of the people have no idea. Uh, somebody like Secretary of Defense Austin is probably in on this. He used to work for a company that is strongly connected to the alliance, to the White Hats. Isn't that interesting? And it's obvious you have your moles in place there. So a few people in the Biden administration know just what's going on, but most of them don't. Maybe this is why a few months ago I read that all these people were quitting in the Biden administration. You're like lower level people. They probably say, oh my God, what's going on here? We're not working where we thought we're working. All the pieces fit into place, people. It explains why the first few months of Biden presidency, there are people that would video the White House. They say, hey, I notice at 11 p.m. all the lights go out in the White House. Why is that if Biden's living there? Every night at 11 p.m., all the lights went out. And somebody said, well, maybe Biden just goes to bed at that time. Say, wait a minute. And the Secret Service is walking around in the dark? No. The president wasn't living there because the president was at Mar-a-Lago. Then when so many people started talking about that, then they, they started leaving the lights on all night. They thought, oh, well. <laughs> and they, they probably on purpose turned them off so some people would get a clue that Biden's not president. There are all kinds of clues out there, people, let me tell you. Biden's speech, the Hitler speech, 1st of September, 19, excuse me, that was 1939 when Hitler attacked Poland. And September 1st, 2022, Biden gives a speech with the red and black background, looked like he was in hell, shaking his fist like Hitler. That was all show. Let me tell you, it was show. He has two Marines standing behind him, which was illegal because if it's a political speech, the military is not allowed to be there, something like that. In addition, they were in uniforms that weren't regulation uniforms. Their, pant, their pants weren't properly pressed. You ever see a Marine? Like in a presidential tail standing with pants that aren't perfectly pressed? I never have. This was all fake, and it was put on by the alliance, not by Biden and his team. No PR people among the Democrats would ever stage something like that and make Biden look like he's the devil coming out of hell or Hitler reincarnated. This was the alliance. It was meant to wake up a few more people. You see, it all fits into place. So be calm. 
let me tell you what we're seeing on the news. Like, well, we thought Republicans going to win a red, red wave, but but still, well, they did win some seats at least. So it's not as no, well. We and Trump saying, well, look, at least we did win some seats. We won some. So I guess I guess we can consider this a victory. So he, he's saying about fraud, but he's not pushing it too much. Others will be pushing it because, yes, there was fraud. But really, there's fraud from both sides because all of this is a show. But the purpose of it is, is to save the republic. That's the extent to which they've had to go. And it's psychological warfare that is fought in the press and in the minds of the people. Never forget that. As I said to my wife a year and a half ago, said, don't consider to be of supreme importance what they say on the news. Consider the effect that it has. That's why they're saying it. It could be true. It could be not true. It could be half true. But it's the effect, because that's what you do when you have psychological warfare. So did they steal the elections again? Well, yes, but in a very real sense with the consent of the others, because it would not, in my opinion, it would not have been in the interest of the alliance to have a huge red wave. Because then they would have gotten into 2020 and said, yes, so the election was stolen with Trump, so Trump's president again. And Democrats say, well, what do you want now? No, it's about more than just who is president. It's about more than who in who's in Congress, whether in House of Representatives or in the Senate. It's about the entire world this time, people. It's about taking down the deep state in the entire world. And once again, if you don't, some people say, oh, deep state, that's conspiracy theory. Well, let me tell you, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was a very wise man and, and totally informed, well, as much as a president and five-star general, you know how high that is a military? <laughs> Very few five-star generals in all of history, right? Civil War had no five-star general. In World War II, you had uh, well, people like MacArthur, of course, and, uh, and, and Eisenhower. And they're all together. I think there were five of them you know, in different branches. Uh, Omar Bradley, I think he became five-star general a little later, right? But you have to really be among the very top. And then he's president for two terms. And he, even he could not take down the military, industrial, economic complex that we call, to make it shorter, the deep state. The deep state exists. It's existed most likely for at least 100 years, if not longer. But in the last 60, 70 years, especially since well, the CIA, well, post-World War II, has become stronger than ever because every entity wants to survive, wants to become stronger and stronger. And now it's at the point that we're about to lose America. And the deep state international was moving us towards the one world order where they and their puppets control everything in the world. Their puppets like Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, these, you see what I mean? That's the direction of the world we're taking. This sounds unbelievable to the average person, unbelievable, but the average person has no idea what's going on. And if you're one of those average people out there, listen to Eisenhower's speech or read it again and again, those passages, and you think about that, what it means. And then you remember 2016, Republican primaries, Jeb Bush, you maybe find that on YouTube. Who's going to support you, Donald Trump? Well, 200 generals support me, yes. The Alliance has been supporting Donald Trump. They're the ones that got him to run for president. If you think he's like a bull in the china shop, that's what he was supposed to do. He's like that anyway, so it's natural for him. But that's what creates more division and hatred, and that's what was needed. So the, other, so the Alliance recognizes who the bad ones are. People like John McCain, he's Republican, but he just hated Trump. Yeah, because he's a total deep state creature. Mitt Romney, Republican. But through Trump, you see, ooh, deep state creature. Why did they hate Trump so much? Because they knew what was going on. They knew Trump was a representative of the alliance, the good guys in the military that wanted to take them all down. That's why so many Republicans hated Trump. That's why even more Democrats hated Trump. Many others hated Trump simply because he's Trump or because they were influenced by mainstream media. But the people in the know, you know, people like John McCain, they're not mainstream media, you know, they know what's going on. They're not influenced by that. We're supposed to be the, the idiots that are uh, manipulated by mainstream media. I'm not, but many people are. And when Trump talked about fake news all these years, believe me, it was much more fake and much more evil than you can even imagine. But he just kept saying, fake news, fake news. Oh, believe me, it goes deeper. And he knows that too. So don't get discouraged about these midterm elections. If you're a liberal, progressive Democrat... And you think, oh, good, they didn't beat us by too much in 2024, we'll win. You're living in la-la land, let me tell you. You're living in some kind of fantasy land because the things that are going to happen in the next few years. 
just wait and see. Just wait and see. Big changes in this earth, let me tell you. How long it takes, how long they stretch it out, I don't know. But the people think, oh, I hope Trump doesn't announce he's going to run 2024, or I hope he does. That is so immaterial now. It's, it's not about Trump. It's about things that are so much bigger. Once again, levitate yourself to 30,000 feet. Learn as many of these things as you can. Put the pieces together. And the picture I presented to you, I think you'll have to agree the pieces fit very well into place. And if you can think like a detective, you'll know when you have a theory that explains everything about a case, that's almost certainly the truth. And on that note, I'm going to leave you today exactly one hour. Eh, I only want to talk a half hour, but uh, any, it is complicated. You'll understand it's complicated. I hope you've enjoyed this, or at the very least that you've gotten some insights into it and some encouragement to look into these things a little more deeply. Because that's what we do. We, who are on the path of Socrates. Thanks for following me, and until the next time, bye now.